We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steven, great jump cut, 45 feet. There's a whole burst to it, 20. Side steps to tackle, runs left, 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Hey, this is Derek C. Apollo, my host tonight, my partner in crime, Tommy Evans. Before I even get going, let you know that Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Rams Talk Radio team and the Blue Wire Network, which we're, we're a proud member of. Okay, Tommy, we're just a couple hours. From the big news, before we get there, I just got to ask a very simple question, my man. How you doing? Man, I am absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had a great weekend. Um, if people don't know, um, had Derek fly out, told him, just get your plane ticket. I'll take care of everything else for your birthday weekend. This weekend, we went to his first Los Angeles Kings game, as well as mine, which is kind of embarrassing because I've lived here my whole life, but I'm not a huge hockey guy. Uh, so it was my first game as well, and we had a lot of fun. We got the W Saturday night UFC at a you know with a bunch of Ram fans in the Inland Empire, and then of course Sunday the big game and the tailgate at SoFi. Sorry we couldn't get you that W, but we still had a great weekend, didn't we? Oh, we did. And just want to clarify that was my first Kings home game. For my entire life, I've seen them on the road. So actually go to Staples, oh, okay. see it live. Uh, and you know, anything in Staples Center, too, anything in L.A. is going to have the extra kick to it because it's L.A. It's got the entertainment factor, the extra lights, the extra music, the extra everything. And, of course, 
just as we were talking, you were asking the question, isn't there about sudden death? There should be sudden death goals. I said, you know, right as you said that goal score, I turned to you and said, well, there's your sudden death goal. <laughs> there's your goal. Game over. We won. And that was- comparison, I'm like, do they have like a sudden death? Like if they score, is it like a walk-off home run in baseball? And as soon as I said that, it happened. It was yeah. It was such a funny coincidence. We all jumped up and went crazy. It was awesome. There, there's your walk-off. And the Kings are coming into tonight, they're, they're, they're playing Ottawa right now. Um, they've won six in a row. So that team, that young team is coming together. I hope it's a permanent coming together. In the meantime, the big news today, Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Rams. Coming off a, 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 a sad, I mean, a, a rough loss. We, we, and a, we're going to talk about it a, a bit. There's a lot to talk about. We also have on the show tonight, Javier Vega. Repeat, good guy. Going to come over here and talk some Niners with us from the 4th and Gold podcast. Good, good guy. Um, and we're happy to have him gone. And, you know, don't worry, he's not too much of a jerk. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, but we can't no, wait Javier's to No, Javier's great. Shop yeah, yeah, he years is. Years ago, they, yeah, they, uh, they invited me on their podcast mm-hmm. um, when we were doing Rams Uncensored. And they were great guys. Yeah. They were great. I had a fun um, time with them. Uh, and by the way, we, I mentioned tick pick at the top of the thing. I want to issue a challenge out to Rams Nation, right? The Ramble here, okay? If you can get up to that game on Monday night, go. Every freaking year, the 49er fans come over down to our, our team, our, our stadium, and overtake it. That's got that, that's stopping now. But it's time to go up there and take over their stadium. So if you can fork over a little bit of cash, Use TickPick for for, uh, for service fees. No service fees, that is. And get some tickets. Go. Go represent up there in Levi Stadium. Represent the Rams. They're going to need any support they can get. Um, the four nights have won, what, four in a row against them now? Isn't it four in a row? Yeah, it's four in a row. And I want to clear something up real quick. The 49er fans do not come down from from San Francisco and Santa Clara to take over our stadium. The 40, 70 or 80% of the 49er fans that come into a Los Angeles stadium to watch their team are from Los Angeles and born and raised here. So I just want to clear that up, okay? They are the fans through generations that jumped on the Joe Montana, Steve Young bandwagon and didn't want to watch the crappy L.A. team called the Rams that they had here um, at the time. So they're all bandwagon. The, the ones that are actually from NorCal, those are the cool ones. I like all those guys. I don't like yeah, we, the local bandwagon Niner fans. Yeah, there's, and there was a, a noticeable trend too. Man, I, I have a major, major crowd before Niner fans in general, man. But that's, that's I've never, had, I've never, ever had a problem really going to Candlestick or even the new stadium with Forty Nine er fans up there because those fans are the real fans. The fans down here are L.A. jerks wearing other people's jerseys. Jason Cloud. I just want to clear that up. This is my town. I know it better than anybody. 43 years. It's just the way it is. 43 years. 43 years young? 43 years young, man. I only have lived in Southern California, so I got a pretty good pulse on my my geographic area. We got to get you out of SoCal. We got to get you out of SoCal. Get you to come visit out here for once. I do. I like the older I get, the more I like crickets instead of helicopters. Well, so hey, before folks, before we even move on, because we have an action-packed show, let's go ahead and get the sponsors out of the way now, so we can have a clean-cut show the rest of the way. And of course, I've been mentioning TickPick. The reason why I mention them is because it's a it's a good freaking deal. And 
at this point in time, whether you are home or on the road, it, it typically has you covered. This week, this Monday night, you, you just mentioned, you've been to Candlestick, you've been up there for Levi's, you've been up there many a time for road games up in Fort Niner land. You know how much it, it's a rivalry. It's still the biggest rivalry for us, no matter how much anybody wants to talk about it. And you can get your tickets from them for TickPick. I mean, fee-free. Why not? If you haven't used them yet, go to TickPick.com slash RTR. You save 10 bucks in your first order, no matter what. Let me say it one more time. No matter what. They guarantee you the best prices on all of their tickets, all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find better ticket prices out there, typically will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So there oh, you wow. go. That's a legit deal. No reason not to try it. And you know what? Most importantly, it helps us out as well. That's what we're looking for. We're, if you can't support us financially, it's fine. That's not what we're here for. Um, you can through working with our sponsors. And TickPick is a good one. I like them a lot already. I mean, that, that does, it's a pretty sweet deal. Okay. Again, it's tippick.com slash RTR. And there you go. Here's the rest of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so I'm going to save a little bit of the OBJ stuff because I know I know Javier's coming on in a minute. And, you know, I'm really interested in what he has to say. We've seen the four hours this year. I mean, my gosh. They've been, they've been complicated, and they have their own issues out there. So as you're heading into this game, Tommy, what are your thoughts on, on where the four Niners are and where they're going? Well, I mean, I've always had a good pulse on that franchise. For one, they're in our division, and you're supposed to watch your division closely. But having my brother and my own mom being traders and 49er fans my whole life, I've had a really good <laughs> pulse on the franchise, okay? directly in my own house, right? So what I've told my brother for the last however many years, and it's true, the Niners are great at drafting players. I mean, they just are. They, they just they draft well. But the problem is, is they draft injury-prone great players, okay? And between that and their terrible training staff and just, you know, it's same with teams like the Chargers. They can't just keep their players healthy and got to get that figured out, right? What are they doing wrong that other teams are doing right? But I always said this about the Niners. You keep that roster over the last five years or so healthy, they're a Super Bowl contender. While in 2019, they stayed relatively healthy and they went to the Super Bowl. So I have a great pulse on that team, and I'm not – dumb enough or homer enough to to say that they suck 
because I'm not a fan of them, right? No, they don't suck. We've lost four in a row. That's all you got to say. We've lost four in a row to them, man. So they're a good team, but they can't stay healthy, and their fans are starting to get just fired up because they're sick of it. It's the same verse, worst as the first, man. Just every year by week eight, my brother, he's always like, He's like, I'm tired of watching football. By week eight, I, we got a bunch of scrubs on our team. I don't even know who their names are. You know, it's exhausting. I, it's got to be exhausting, right? It, it would be, but nonetheless, I mean, that defense itself will cause the Rams problems. We've been saying this for a couple years on the show. The, Ram, the, the Rams are built a certain way. The Rams are built, their defense especially, were built to beat the Rams. That front seven was meant to put pressure on Sean McVay's offense. That's the whole reason they drafted the way they did. And it's been working for four straight games. So no matter how things have been, when they when these two teams play each other, it's a different story. We saw that last year on Monday Night Football. We saw it last year, right? Remember that game? Oh, yeah. I mean, and they came in and they dominated much of it. They didn't bring something better in the second half. But you know, it, that front seven is a problem. And coming off a game last weekend where the Rams got five sacks, that, I mean, that... I don't know about you. That has me nervous. Yeah, I mean, if Sean McVay is going to run five wide and I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm going to bring stunts and I'm going to blitz, a zone blitz. I'm going to do things to confuse the offensive line and, and to beat them up. And a lot a lot of times during the, the Titans game, they didn't even blitz. They didn't have to. Their defensive linemen are just tough guys. And when you have tough guys that aren't afraid of anything, you're in trouble. And I watched the Titans defensive line just bully because they knew they were going to throw the ball almost every down. So it's like, just tee off on them, dude. And that's exactly what they were doing. So if Sean does that, I mean, it's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. The only difference between, you know, the four games that we've lost and now is no Robert Saleh and no Jared Goff. We have Matt Stafford now, and they don't have the defensive coordinator that gave us a fit for the last four games. So... Let's look at those differences and see how this turns out. And also, I'm sure Von Miller is going to play on Monday. So he better, man. We have that X factor as well. I mean, that to me, though, you're talking about a game where they didn't blitz much. What they did do, they, they put their linebacker, their inside lever in the A gaps. They ran some stunts. They made sure to move their defensive lineman around. They made sure that, they, that basically their guys up front outnumbered them. I mean, it was pretty. I mean, it's pretty transparent defense when you're going to run five wide. And, you know, you, you point this out for the game. It's not just five wide. The fifth guy out there is a running back. You could easily bring a running back back in. They don't do it most of the time. And, you know, I agree with you. If I'm their defensive corner, opposing defensive corner, I see that. I'm feeling disrespected. What, you think we can't do? Are you serious? Okay. Yeah, you as a my DC, job easy for me. I, like, Rabel, right? He's a D, he's a former linebacker. He's also from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and we all know the defensive coordinators and defensive coaches throughout this league from that tree have Sean McVay's number. Every single one of them do. We all know that. Okay, he's going to have to break that curse on his own by just playing chess instead of checkers because he's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and say my offense will work regardless of who I go up against. No, it won't, dude, because <laughs> it doesn't. Every guy that you've gone up get came from Bill Belichick has smacked you around. Every single one of them. I mean, and that is a legit concern. And also just the, the familiarity as well. I mean, we can't forget the, with Kyle Shanahan. He's very familiar with us. And Absolutely. With, 
so I mean, I would be. I'm, I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm interested in finding out how this game's going to play out. So let's bring on Javier Vega here and see if he can tell us. All right. Here's Javier Vega for the Fourth and Gold podcast on the show with me. You've had him on your show, Tommy Avance, my co host. He was <laughs> the look, you just had a look on your face. You know him. <laughs> Actually, they, they, they had me on their show. What's up, Javier? Yeah. How you doing, What's buddy? up, Tommy? How are you doing? Good, 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 man. Good to oh, you know, you, it's. Uh... You guys are probably happier than I am right now, but you know, whatever. A little bit, yeah. We not uh, we, but we can empathize with you. I mean, we've all been there at some point, right? Yeah, we, just we've been there more often recently than y'all. So absolutely. No, well, we were true. only there for about twenty five years. I mean, you know, I just want to point that out. I mean, last Super Bowl was twenty six, twenty seven years ago. So it's all right. So you know what's one here? What's going on with the team? What's what's I mean, Tommy and I were kind of chopping up a little bit over some of the injury issues we've seen at the franchise recently. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. questions with your quarterback. You really want to draft Trey Lance. What is the status of the Niners right now? They are, in my opinion, directionless. And when I say directionless, I mean starting in starting from the end of 2020. You know, when you you don't commit to your quarterback, right? You don't you don't publicly say yeah he's he's going to be here he's going to be our guy he's this he's that he's you know he's everything like that and then you publicly denigrate him you publicly shop for other quarterbacks whether that was Stafford Wentz Aaron Rodgers Deshaun Watson right and then you flirt with the Mac Jones thing Justin Fields and then you finally land on plan Z which is Trey Lance right then then you you bring the guy back into the locker room you you put this you put guy, you put a lame duck quarterback in your locker room. Then you have the the guy who's going to replace him, and you still can't make a decision. Then you kind of hide the kid in training camp because he was beating out your incumbent, right? And then you create this tension in your locker room with you got veterans who've only won with Jimmy Garoppolo. So now you have this team that's directionless and lacks leadership now because ever since Super Bowl, you've lost key guys. You lost Buckner into a trade that you didn't need to make because clearly the Rams can make it happen, right? They pay everybody. They figure out ways to make the salary cap work. Right, Joe Staley retires, which is understood. He had neck issues, things like that. You improve on the left tackle, but since 2019, I can't find more than two spots that they've improved at. Right, they upgraded left tackle from Joe Staley to Trent Williams, and then Brandon Ayuk is probably an upgrade over Emmanuel Sanders. Outside of that, they're the same team that's lacking depth. Right, and then when you you refer to directionless, you have two drafts back to back where Kinlaw's on IR. You're not getting anything from any other guys you drafted in, in 2020. Or, yeah, in 2020. And then the 2021 draft, the only one that's playing is Elijah Mitchell, which is a six-round running back. So it's, just, it's a number of things. Now, the injuries have hurt them, you know, but should, should, your, should your corner and your running back really derail your season? It shouldn't, right? Like, that's, that's kind of where they are, and they've, they've never rebounded from that. But I, I think they overplayed their hand. They overplayed their hand. They mismanaged the cap situation and then just the overall idea of this roster like they're still stuck in 2019 like they can recapture that 2019 vibe and it's not it's not there because you don't have the leaders in the room you don't have the talent right now to to compete well you can compete but you don't have the talent to overcome some of your mistakes right the Niners are minus nine in a turnover differential right does anyone trust Jimmy Garoppolo to lead you to a comeback I don't think so and then the defense isn't as good as it was you're lacking a second pass rusher your safeties, both of them are hurt. It's just, 
it's all bad right now in San Francisco. Well, you nailed it, dude. Like 100% nailed it. I mean, my my brother and mom are Niners fans, have been, you know, my <laughs> whole life. So I have a great pulse on the team, you know, living with them and talking about both teams our whole lives. And I couldn't have said it any better. You hit it on the head 100%. Yeah, you know, to me, like, there's a human element to all this, right? Like, you can't, you can't sit here and say, hey, Jimmy, we want you to come back, right, after we can – I, can I curse on this show? Yeah, okay. go for it, man. After you said, hey, fuck you. I'm going to go look at every like it's it's like it's I don't know if anyone here is married, but it's like it's like me. I have my wife in the house, but I'm going to go talk to other women like that's what they did. You have your you have your wife in the house. You, you talk to a whole bunch of other women <laughs> and then you bring them over just to visit Who, whose wife accepts that. Right. And this is you know, this that's that's the analogy. You should Jimmy Garoppolo accept that. No, no, he shouldn't. But he also hasn't earned the right to, you know, to bitch and moan about it either. Yeah, and that's probably point. why he's not, because yeah. I haven't heard a peep out of him, you right, know, which is the right he, way to handle it. Exactly. It's, he's, he's handling it the correct way, but he has these passive-aggressive comments. Like today, about the Odell Beckham thing, he's like, they asked him if he recruited Odell Beckham. He's like, I mean, I guess I'm happy with the guys that are in the building. Like, what? Whoa. That's like, not a good answer. And, and, and it's like, hey, look, it's like Jimmy, Debo Samuel's a good wide receiver. I think all of us here will agree with that. Brandon, you, Brandon, you could a really good wide receiver. Jimmy, you just stink, bro. Sorry. So you haven't earned that right either. So you know, it's just the human element of this is just, it's just you can't, you can't sit here and and put your your quarterback that took you to the Super Bowl, and I I say that lightly because it's like Jared Goff took them to the Super Bowl. Um, you can't sit there and say, hey, come on back, we're gonna ride with you for one more season as a last hoorah. Why should he give a shit? Right, he's auditioning for his next job. He, sh- he literally he is. Right. He's going to be a backup somewhere or he might start for the Steelers for one year. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be a twenty six million dollar quarterback ever again. So he's just auditioning for his next job. And you put that back into your locker room with guys like Kittle, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward. These guys have only won with him. So, of course, they're going to back him. But then you have these younger guys like Debo, Ayuk, Mitchell, Sermon. We're looking at Lance like, why are we playing this guy? He's clearly better. Yep. It's just it's just they there's a Steve Young said it best. He's like there's a creative tension in this building. There may not be no like like verbal tension. There's a creative tension like you're you're so used to this one skill set with a quarterback, but then there's this other guy who has all the tools. Yeah. If it was me, I don't understand uh Shanahan's, you know, whole methodology about the whole thing, but if I'm trying to save my job, I trade Jimmy and then I start the rookie because now I could say, hey, you got to give me three years to blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? That's what I would have done. I'm Literally, oh. that's what I would have done because your quarterback, Trey Lance, is a big boy who can run the ball, who can run all kinds of wild plays to con- confuse defenses, and he could take a hit, right? Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. I, ju- I just would have rolled with him to, to protect my job and, and say, this is the guy I'm rolling with because I drafted him number three overall. Let's go. You, you know, Twitter's not the real world or whatever, but you can check my Twitter since the trade. The trade up to three, I, I thought they were going to take Justin Fields. Either way, I would have been happy with Fields or Lance. Fine. I did too. I thought but Justin Fields, Fields was the, was the guy in that between draft. those two. The, Fields is the best quarterback in this draft class. Thank Period. you. Thank you. I Period. agree. And I like Lance. I do. But he's going to take some time. But Fields is better than Lawrence. He was physically, he's physically more gifted than Lawrence. Yep. He's better than Zach Wilson. Yep. And Mac Jones is just really, he's going to fall in the, he's going to fall into the, 
Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins territory by the time it's all said and done. Yep. Like, that's just where he's going to be. I agree. Trey Lance, I don't know where he's at. I think he's like McNabb slash Randall Cunningham. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's we'll my, see. That might I, be I couldn't scene. really have a pulse on him, um, but that's, but I actually had Trey Lance ranked second. I got killed for having Justin and Trey one and two, but I don't care. I'm going to go with the guys I think are the best. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think three or four years from now, I'll be right. I think I'm so, not too. I'm afraid I think to you take will. a chance, you know? Yeah, and, you know, if you, you look at my Twitter timeline, from the minute they made a trade, I said, you got to cut bait with Jimmy right, right now. You got to do yep. it right now. I would have called the Raiders and asked about Marcus Mariota as a backup. I would have pursued Mitchell Trubisky. I would have pursued Andy Dalton as a backup once you made the move with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, the Niners overvalued Jimmy. Like, there was a report on somebody that said that the Patriots were offering a second. And there was another team that offered, like, a third. Like, you have to take that. I would have jumped on that in a minute. <laughs> Bro, like... If Jimmy plays bad this year, which he hasn't, but if he had played bad, you're you're you've ruined all of his trade value. If he gets hurt, there's no more trade value. Exactly. So what's the right. real issue with his play? What's I mean when you get when you for those who don't know him well, what is the real problem with Jimmy's play? The problem with Jimmy's play is he's Jared Goff. Like he's Jared he's scared. Goff. Scared. He, he's yeah, he's he I see doesn't fear. I'm a yeah. former safety. I smell fear. And I, when I see Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, I smell fear. Those Turn guys, up. either you know, the, this offense is QB friendly. Like you can you can mask these deficiencies. Yes, right. Like we is as Rams fans, we all I know I know Rams fans who are like, nah, Jared Goff is this, he's that. He's, and I was a Niner fan, twenty nineteen, like, nah, Jimmy's fine, Jimmy's fine. But then when you really start to dig into the tape, and you're like, there's something wrong here. This kid won't. No, I shouldn't say kid. He's a grown man. This guy won't take shots downfield. Right when he does take these shots downfield, it's an interception, or it's too late or behind or high. I mean, did you guys watch the game against Arizona? How many times did he get these guys killed? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you know that Jimmy's scared. You and I'm sure you've seen this, Javier. Do you look at his feet? Do you watch his feet when he's in the pocket? That is my biggest issue with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's terrified. The way he moves his feet in the pocket, he's scared, bro. Pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter, all the time, and that's just. What Steve, I, I listen to a lot of Steve Young. Steve Young said, when you see a guy's feet moving that fast, it means they're not seeing the field. They don't know where to go with the ball. Yep. Your eyes are attached to your feet. Go watch Joe Montana. Go watch Steve Young. Go watch Dan Marino. Go watch Kurt Warner. Watch those guys' feet. They knew where to go with the ball mm-hmm. all the time. And they weren't. Their feet weren't hopping like they were having anxiety attacks. Yeah, Jared it, Goff would do it. Jimmy Garoppolo does it. I've seen quarterbacks do it a million oh, times. Man. I always look at a quarterback's feet. When I'm on the sideline and I'm like, all right, let me in there. This guy's terrified. I'm going to knock his head off. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, and before the season, I thought the Rams would be the I thought the Rams would win the NFC West. Like, I just thought they would they would be the NFC West team. I thought the Niners would be the second. But clearly I was wrong because I didn't take into consideration. What putting a rookie quarterback in there can do to a locker room, and I'm not saying uh, Trey has been disruptive. I'm just saying that there's guys in that locker room who prefer Garoppolo because they won with him. When you should have just nipped this in the butt and got him out of here and start fresh. Like, you, you have to. Because yep. you can't go publicly the way they the, the way the Niners did this, looking back at it now, it's like, this is embarrassing what you just did. Yeah, Regardless of how you feel about Jimmy you Garoppolo, you don't do that. Like, I, I prefer the McVay way. McVay was like, nah, this dude stinks. Get him out of here. I'd rather start this kid in the playoffs against the Seahawks. And then the minute he could get rid of him, he got rid of him. It was over with. Done. Simple. We're over here holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo for what reason exactly? Why? Well, let me yeah, ask you. Now you're gonna, dead money. 
two million dollars dead money. You're never gonna get anything for him. I mean, look at the look at the look at what the Rams have been willing to eat over the last two or three years with Gurley and and Cooks and Goff, and they're willing to eat that cap space and say, "Hey, we screwed up. We shouldn't we shouldn't have gave these guys extensions. It is what it is." But they they said they screwed up without saying it by getting rid of them, you know. And and if it's only two million in dead cap, like you just said, dude, what is Jared Goff's dead cap for this year on the Rams? Twenty five million dollars. <laughs> And we didn't blink an eye. Now I'm sure Stan Kroenke went to Les Snead and 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 Sean and said, "All right, guys, three strikes, you're out. You can't keep lighting my money on fire. Quit signing guys to extensions to get rid of them." But point is, is they weren't afraid to do it. And you're right, two million dollars on dead cap is nothing, Javier. Yo, you could have traded him. You could have traded him or cut him for nothing. It was the same thing, and that's why people were like, "Well, Jimmy has no trade clause." Okay, cut him. It's the same penalty. Yeah. That's why this. That's why the contract was designed the way it was. The problem is. And I, I hate even saying it like this. A lot of 49ers fans, and I'm guilty of it because I was super homerish for a period of time. And now being in the podcast game and speaking to players and doing this stuff, I've kind of separated myself from being a fan to being an analyst. Yeah, dude. Right? And then you start to really realize these things. It's like, nah, man, get rid of them. Like, I, there's guys on this team that I get rid of right now. Yeah. If it means improving the team long term. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? What do Let me ask there? this question here, because when you look at the, when you look at this team, this say in the last twenty years, they've had these spurts where they'll they'll get it together, they'll be they'll look really good, they'll get to a Super Bowl even, they'll get to a championship game, and all of a yeah. sudden they fall off again. And in the whole process, you see relationship issues in the locker room, you see clashes, you see weird front off decisions. Is this part of the culture there, or just a Kyle? And is this not really relevant? Is it a Kyle Shanahan issue? What's going on with this organization? Organization wise, it's it starts at the top. It's Jed York, and I, I I shouldn't say Jed York because he really doesn't have any. He doesn't really do anything. He's just an owner. But there's a guy that's assigned that's like his right hand man, Prague Marathe. You know, everyone everyone applauds him for his contracts, but he seems to be the common denominator in a lot of these problems. Whether whether it comes to contracts or player negotiations or free agency, like we literally we we nearly lost Trent Williams because of Prague Marathe. Like he's our cap guru. What? Why would you? Why wouldn't you pay that guy? Right? Like the, he he's like Mr. Spreadsheet, Mr. Analytics. He's he's like Billy Bean Light, and that's been the problem. Like you can't. The NFL analytics are cool, stats are cool, but there's a lot more human elements inside the in in football, and you can't just disregard that. And that's the problem with what this organization has done over the last twenty years. Like ever since they fired Mooch, they've just been searching for coaches. Eight coaches. Four winning seasons in 20 years, two Super Bowl appearances in the last seven. So when they get it right, they get it right. But shit, man, but I'd they rather don't, have. But they don't. I rather have 15 winning seasons instead of 20. Yeah. When they got they rid of it. Jim Harbaugh, I was like, my, me and my oh, brother, my God. brother's pissed. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I know the guys are rough around the edges, but man, you're winning. Don't mess it up. Look at the Steelers, who've had three coaches in like a hundred years. Come on, man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're all, sometimes you're gonna have bad years. It happens. But stay the course because it, you keep changing that's coaches. A, we all see what happens in the NFL when you keep changing coaches. And that's the thing with culture, right? Like the culture thing with – like I don't want to hear the words culture or win with class or brick by brick from John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan ever again. Like I don't want to hear that shit anymore because I'm looking around <laughs> the league and I'm like McVay is making it work with all these high-profile guys. No problem. They're, obviously, they're not dealing with a lot of injury issues like the Niners have, 
But you know who else has been dealing with a lot of injuries and still winning ballgames? The Steelers. The yeah. Ravens. Mm-hmm. Right? That's culture. Tennessee Everyone thought the Ra- their- they wrote the Ravens off in the preseason because they lost all their running backs and they yeah. lost all this and that. And they, the media is lazy. They'll write them off immediately. And I'm laughing. I'm like, dude, you better calm down. John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh will get that figured out. And boom, and here we are. And that's culture, right? And yeah. then you look at Tennessee, and not to not to bring up uh, the Monday night game. We're okay with that. Bring it, up. Game. bring it but up. But the point is, the point is, you lost your best player, and they went into LA and kicked y'all ass. Yep, that's they culture. Sure did COVID last year? How many times did, did Tennessee was like reprimanded and had to reschedule and all sort of shit? What did they do? They won every time. Yep. The Niners, Kyle Shanahan was like, "Oh, the Cardinals had a six-man front, so we stopped running the ball." Oh, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's so lazy. <laughs> That's coming from that. the head coach. Like, yeah. what? That doesn't make any sense. To no. me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, Kyle, if you're this off, which I think he's really good offensively. But if you are this offensive genius and you're stumped by a six-man front, maybe you're not the genius we thought you were. Yeah, we say that about Sean McVay on Sunday night when he's getting, uh, you know, most of the Got time blasted. a four-man rush. And he's just running five wide like he's playing mad and not adjusting. And these guys are teeing off him, getting his quarterback killed. So we say the same thing about Sean. We, you know, we all give him a hard time. Look, you're a smart guy. We get it. But you ain't no genius because a genius doesn't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. Right? And these guys get in their own heads what they do. Exactly. They, they have the reputation. Ego, ego is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right? And Mike Vrabel knows it. He's like, oh, this kid thinks he's hot stuff. I'll show you. Mike Vrabel's a former banger at linebacker for the Patriots. You don't think that team takes on his personality? Are you kidding me? Yeah. He told them, we're going to go beat these guys in the mouth. And that's exactly what they did. Tommy, Derek, the same thing you just said. Your team takes on your head coach's personality. Watch Kyle Shanahan press conferences. He's flat. Yep. He's flat. There's no energy, dude. There is nothing there. I don't know why. But there's nothing there. So if he doesn't get these together, is this his last year? No, no. He'll be here oh. for another two years. He, he, yeah. Kyle's going to be here two years. At the very least, Kyle will be here two years. Reason being is because he got the extension. And two, you're not going to fire the guy who you just allowed to trade up to get a quarterback. Yep, I like agree. You're, you're, not, you're just not going to do that. Now, who may because not be you're here? Bring John in Lynch might not be here. not going to like Trey Lance. You don't want to do that either. So that's dangerous. All You got to be careful with that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Sean McVay came in as a first-time head coach. So, you know, they're like, hey, can you win with Jared Goff? He's like, of course I can. He's not going to say no, you know. And then when he got his extension, of course, Sean signed off on it. I always try to tell people this all the time. You may think Sean has the clout. But maybe Sean didn't think he had the clout. Maybe he just didn't want to ruffle any feathers and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I can win with them, even though they just lost a Super Bowl and scored zero touchdowns, right? Well, I mean, but now that he's been McVay, in his career a little bit longer and played two more years after that with Jared, and, and just he kept getting worse, he was like, oh. now he feels after five years of being an NFL coach, you know what? You are trash. Get out of my building. Because he start, he's starting to become that real head coach that's not afraid to do what needs to be done to win it all, right? And he's he's earned that, right? And like, yep, he's earned it. And I, I think I go back. I I, I like to reference Steve Young because Steve Steve knows McVay and and, Sh- and Shanahan's. They, he knows them well. And the, what he talked about with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation, same way with the Jared Goff situation, McVay and Kyle are looking for a quarterback that will allow their offense to be expansive. Like, how much less play action are you guys running? A lot less. Why? Because you have a drop back quarterback. Yep. So now you can still run the ball because you have the threat of a passer. 
Whereas with golf, you don't want him to take five, seven-step drops. You want him to run out of play action. You want the running game to work for him. Same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why you hope Trey Lance is, is what a lot of people think he might be. But we haven't seen that yet from Trey. And that's why, you know, it's Kyle and Sean are going to be around the league for a while. Like, their offense is all over the place right now. You know, you got the Packers, you got the Browns, you got Bengals. Tennessee runs it to a certain extent. You got the Bengals running it to a certain extent. You know, it's, it's everywhere now. So you're, you're, these disciples are everywhere. The pa- yeah. Yep. So, and LaFleur got the luckiest because he's got the best quarterback for this offense imaginable. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then you add Stafford, who, in my mind, was severely underrated in Detroit. Yep. He's just in a bad situation. You, if he was going to be a Niner or a Ram, this was the result that I expected. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would have never been successful in Detroit, let's be honest. No, it just he wouldn't have been successful. No one's ever successful. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm just trying to bring this to the game and now back to the game itself. How do you view this matchup, given... <laughs> the Rams being well, as you Let's said, butt kicked last week, and then of course Monday night. How are you? How are you looking at this right now? Part of me thinks like the Niners are going to do some stupid and upset you guys, but the other part of me is like, this is probably me a bloodbath. Um, the reason I say bloodbath is because we lost Mike McGlinchey, who wasn't the greatest pass protecting right pass protecting right tackle in the league, but he only allowed two sacks on the season, and like. In under on in like two hundred pass drops or whatever it was, That's pretty good. So he's doing he was doing much better, right? But now you're gonna have a rookie out there, Jalen Moore, who is going to have to line up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Oh, and, and Leonard and Floyd, Floyd. Who's, <laughs> who's having a sneaky good year, right? Yeah. Right. So now you have Brunskill, who's not very good either. He's having a bad season at right guard, and you have a rookie at right tackle. And does Jimmy Garoppolo move well, guys? No. Okay, so there's your answer. Yeah. Now, can they scheme away from that side? Yeah, sure. Sure, you can. You know, you want to run left? Okay, cool. Kittle and, and Trent Williams on the left side, but you can only do that for so so long. Eventually, you're gonna have to throw the ball. Now, the other side, Jimmy Ward might be back, but we're still missing Kwaski as our as our other safety. We got Hufanga who runs a four eight at safety. Like that's a bad idea. And then you got Josh Norman who's a shell of himself. And Emmanuel Mosley, who's pretty decent. And then our pass rush is ranked 30th right now. What happened there? Because, I mean, I, like I mentioned before you came on, that the, the 49ers were, had pretty much built the front seven to beat the Rams over the course of several years, and now they're, they're struggling up there. What's happened to that front seven? Well, no Kinlaw. That's one. Armstead is out of position because they have to use him as an edge rusher on base downs. You, we got Abukum, which you guys are familiar with. Um, he's not producing because he's not. He can't beat a sing. He can't even beat one on one blocks. He couldn't do uh, it on our team either. Yeah, right. And it's just the scheme. Like I hate the wide nine for one. That's part of it. And then they're just not winning because you don't have a you don't have a true defensive tackle to to suck up double teams. So now the only guy that's getting pressure on a regular basis is Bosa, and he's getting chipped every play. He has seven sacks, and we have 18 total. Like, he, he literally takes up, he has more, he has basically a half our total. That's not, that's not a recipe for success. And then D Ford, he had a concussion against the Bears. No, against the Colts, excuse me. And then he was on, he, now he's on IR. Remember, oh, he had, that, he had, yeah, he had a back a issue last year. So now you don't, have, you don't have your speed rusher on the other side. So you're not, you're not going to win those matchups. 
you know, I think their pressure rate is like 23%, which is 30th in the league too, or 26th in the league, something like that. They're just not getting, they're not getting QB hits. They're getting screen game to death. Pass rush, it's just, it's not existent anymore. And the decision to trade DeForest Buckner. Yeah, that was, that was Which is the dumbest, you know, in hindsight now is like, wow. That was you don't really, trade really blue. Ch- you don't trade blue chip defensive tackles, in my opinion. I'm sorry, you just don't. No, you don't. People are like, oh, he's not Aaron Donald. I'm like, he doesn't have to be Aaron Donald. He doesn't have to be Aaron Donald. Is <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Don't compare yeah. anybody to that guy. What the hell's wrong with people? Right, like, <laughs> like people are like Niners. Niners fans like to talk themselves into this shit. It's like, no. If I had to rank them, DeForest Buckner's probably fourth or fifth. He's so tackle. sweet, dude. He's good. He's very, very good. I don't care about his sack totals. I care about his pressures and QB hits. Exactly. That's all that matters. That's what I care tackle, about, dude. Disruption. Yeah. Sacks mean nothing and to detail. What did he do in 2019? He had like eight, nine sacks. But he had like over 20 QB hits and over 30 QB pressures. Like, he was a monster. That's the and guy who I was terrified of on that D line was him. And you guys let him go. I was like, oof. I told my brother, I was like, oof. You can sigh of relief, and he's like, "Man, I'm so pissed." He was bad. So dude. was I. So was I. So, the so Niners just to uh, decision after dumb decision. So just to you know, make it official here. Do you mind giving an official prediction for us? I mean, I got the Rams, probably like thirty, thirty-eight, twenty. Well, does that sound about right, Tommy? Yeah, I think we're gonna give up some points. We usually give up. The, early. the, the Rams, yeah, the Rams defense in the second half every game is just lights out. But first half, we definitely give up some points. Like I'll give Kyle Shanahan that. Like the, the Niners are still moving the ball inside the twenties, and they'll they'll sneak a touchdown in here or there. But the Niners have I want to say three touchdowns in the first quarter, and then eight total for the first half on the season. Oh wow, that's atrocious, bro. Atrocious. They're just they're they're lacking consistency. They lack leadership. They lack direction. And when you guys watch them and play, you guys, if they don't, you'll see it. If You'll know right away if they're flat. You'll know. Yeah. You'll see it right away. I haven't watched any Niner games this year. I knew I normally get a pulse on, so I'm actually even more excited about this game because I really don't know what I'm going to get. I really don't. It, it, like I said, for for whatever reason, they might come out and do some dumb shit and like pull off an upset or something. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, hey, listen, we dropped four straight. I don't care. I mean, that stuff should make Ram fans edgy. I, I'm not going to pop my collar 0-4. I'm going to sit back and go with my fingers crossed and be like, all right, we added all these big-time pieces. We got to get this done. I these mean, guys are beat up. Yeah. They have some locker room issues. We need to take advantage of that. You know? Yeah, and, you know, you added Odell and you added Vaughn. Like, those are big guys. Those are, and, and I, you know, for Niners Twitter or just Niners most social media, like, oh, well, you added two toxic players. I'm like, listen, the, the Rams no. have been able to. Yeah, I'm like, the Rams have done this since McVay's gotten there. From Tlaib to Peters to Brandon Cooks, and they still make it work. Yeah, like, and it's not. And it's, it's because fans, and, and this, I, I mean, I did a little write-up before the show because I wanted to get my points on paper to get, to get fans to understand that if you want to understand what really goes on, stop thinking of these guys as, as football players and start thinking of them as normal human beings like me and you that are going to work. Because that is their job. We all have jobs that we get paid for. Some of us don't. I just turned in my two weeks notice. I'm starting my new job on Monday. And I told my boss on the way out what I really thought of him and their company and why I'm leaving. Okay, so <laughs> let's, let's get this. I did. Because yeah, good. You, you should. should. You know what I mean? And, and it, it feels good to tell your boss he sucks on the way out, dude. And I did that. But the point <laughs> is, is that 
you're you're saying that that I would I sh- I would be considered a toxic guy at my work because I was a big mouth and I didn't like the way things were, so I would pop off to management. So am I a malcontent or am I just a leader? See, there's a difference, and people don't look at it yeah. that way. You know what I'm saying? And these guys that are bitching, they just want to win. If they cared about money, they would just go sign with the Washington football team in free agency because they'll pay anybody, yeah, and they'll and, just keep losing. So yeah. you know that that's not the truth. These Tommy, guys, they want to win, dude. You're hitting on all the points, and that's why people are like, oh, well, Odell would have been bad for this. I'm like, no. Listen, guys, You know, people made fun of AB during the Raiders thing. It's like, no, he was right. Gruden was a racist, and whatever the hell else was going on there. Yeah, exactly. Like, Gruden, AB hated Ben Rossberger. Oh, big surprise. Like, what? Ben's yeah, like, tool. sometimes these guys are right, but you have these, and I shouldn't, like, I don't want to dump on people, but there's a, people trust, you know, like, the Adam Schefters, the Ian Rapports of the world, because they have this notoriety, but at the end of the day, how about we just do some deep dives and see what the real problem is, and then when you have guys, people like Kim Jones is like, no, Odell wasn't an issue in New York. He wasn't. He was never an issue in New York. He just wanted to win. Yeah, but Tom he's Brady an gets alpha a pass. personality. Alphas yeah. are loud. I'm an alpha. I'm loud, dude. It's how we are. Yeah, you know what then, I'm saying? I'm not going to be quiet when I'm not happy. I'm just yeah, not. And neither of those Odell, guys, and I respect them for it. Yeah, if Odell was so such a diva, why did he take vet minimum in L.A. when he could have got eight, nine, ten million in Detroit? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? People, these guys want to win. It's they don't not about care. the money, dude. They, they already got money. money. Yeah, he's they just got. He's got paid. They just want to exactly. Like, and it's not even just about winning. They just want to be in an environment where they feel like they're they're wanted. You know, when you get traded to an organization like the Browns and oh they're a God. running team, they, the, the the Giants did that to to screw him. All right, these guys are under He was going to be a niner, remember? Yeah, he was. Gettleman, they, Gettleman said, no, I don't want him with Kyle Shanahan. Dude, they do this type of stuff in sports all the time to punish players for wanting out of their company. It's just normal. Jalen Ramsey faked an injury to get traded. He just didn't want to show up to work anymore because the cons aren't interested in winning or running a proper organization. So why why would he want to be there? He was done. You know, and they're like, well, he signed an extension. Well, of course he did. Why wouldn't you take the money? What do you think? He's a moron? I'd sign it too. But it doesn't mean <laughs> after I signed it a couple years later, I'd be like, you know what? These guys are trash. I'm out of here. You know, the only reason they went to an AFC championship is because the Jacksonville Jaguars actually drafted well for like five years in a row. And that's how they were able to pull that off. And they're all but, gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're they all are. Gone. So my point is, is when you're a contracted player, listen, any one of us three guys can walk in tomorrow and quit our jobs and no repercussions. Do you agree? All right. So if you're under contract and you can't quit, then how do you get how do you lose your job? You try to get fired, morons. That's how you do it. You have to get fired. So that's what they're doing. They're getting fired by being malcontents because they don't want to be there. If I was in a contracted position, I would do the same thing. So I'm not going to talk trash on any of these guys. I have mad respect for them having the guts to say, I don't want to be here. You guys stink. You know, I don't like the way things are. I'm out of here. I'm good. Then you have you have have other situations like what's going on in Miami with Tua. Like how much how many more times you undermine your first round pick? Exactly, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, again, there's. These are toxic companies to work for. I'm not going to call them NFL Miami teams. Stinks. I'm going to call them companies. You know? The reason Miami's been bad, Cleveland's been bad, the Niners. I'm going to throw the Niners in that conversation. They've been this way for years because they don't get out of their own way. Yeah, we all, the Rams fans know what it's like to have bad owners. I mean, we had Georgia. You know, we, we know what that's like you know, to have, from the top down to be a pain, right? And it all yeah. starts from there. So 
You just got to stop looking at this through a fan lens and start being more empathetic and understanding where these guys are coming from and stop calling people toxic that you've never met in person. It's just disrespect. You don't know them. Don't say if you call me toxic, you never met me. I'd slap the hell out of you if I ever saw you in person. Like you don't know me. Don't don't talk about people like that. It ain't right. You know what I mean? They're just. (laughs) Well, I mean, you don't know these guys. I mean, in a way, you are toxic. Depend just depends on you're talking to. I mean, for real. You're a nice guy, Tommy. (laughs) You're a nice guy, bro. (laughs) I definitely am. Definitely not the kind of the kind of person you want to be on the bad side. But hey, you know, it just. At the end of the day, guys, we need to be more empathetic and trying to understand these people's, not players, but people's situations, right? Yeah. Just be a little bit more empathetic and di- dive a little deeper, like you said, Javier. You know, and man, this game, I, like I can kind of, I can kind of see the script already. Like it's, you're gonna have the Rams running that flood concept. Our safeties can't keep up. You're gonna have a couple sixty-yard touchdowns by the Rams. A couple. 30 yard runs by your running backs. Like it, I can see it right now. I'm just, cause I mean, we know the script for, for McVay, how that, how this works. But it doesn't yeah. matter that you've already, but that you've won four straight. Like, you know, like to you me, had no, the Rams To me, to me, none of that, to, no, 2019 and 2020 doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because this is a brand new season. And last time I checked, Jared, Jared Goff is not the quarterback of the Rams anymore. Nope. That's the biggest difference in this game. We have an alpha now instead of a beta. You have a quarterback that doesn't get scared under pressure. Nope. It wasn't Jared Goff like the worst quarterback under pressure for like three years in a row? It's one of the worst I've ever seen in my what life. What the Niners do? The Niners would just send five and he would make a mistake and that's what he would do. Yeah. I mean, he scared. did it in Detroit. He's been doing it in Detroit too. He has, he's not this. He's not. He's the same guy. He's just, he's, that's who he is. What would he's you say to, what would you say to the people who saw the back-to-back interceptions from Stafford last weekend? Get over it. it happened. <laughs> yeah, so I'm with you, dude. Like, let it go. You know, How good has he been all year? He was on. He, he's on MVP pace. What are we talking yeah. about? Sean McVay did the same thing he used to do to Jared Goff. They did to Stafford last week. He hung him out to dry, and he should have changed the plays and adjusted mm-hmm. to the game yeah, like sure a, a normal head coach would. And he doesn't. He's still he's still learning to do that. But he needs someone. I think Matt Lafleur was that guy to to pull him aside and be like. And not afraid to talk to him. I think that these Wait, offensive coordinators that he hires are just yes men, dude. Quick question. Quick question. People are complaining about twenty three touchdowns and six interceptions. Is that oh yeah, you have your you saw your golf lovers out there. The, the golf lovers who Mullen well, Stafford like makes a mistake, they flip. Now. Hmm. Probably more. Golf would have twelve interceptions or more, and add in the fumbles. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I I just threw that them because I know that you know I, I'm the the social media guy for us. I mean, I'm the one that I'm in like 60 Rams groups. And of course, the first thing you're going to see is Stafford, Stafford. Stafford. He's just like Goff. Stafford. See, Goff, Goff was just fine. <laughs> it's all Sean McVay. Ah, ah. And you can see like the tears welling up in their eyes and the world's coming to a, a deep end. And it's almost like, you know, Armageddon's here. And the reality is, is, I mean, like, like Tommy said, they hung him up the dry. Down, hmm? Stafford's gonna have forty touchdowns this year. Oh, I did have more than forty. Those I think fans, those fans that are th- those are Facebook people, right? Usually the the Facebook ones are the most delusional. But, they, I, so, I won't even talk to people like that. They have no pulse on the game I'm, whatsoever. I'm assuming most of the folks who listen are Rams fan, right? Yeah, I'm a 49er fan here. Jared Goff is Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo is Jared Goff. That's 
that's that's who they are. Yeah. Like enough. Matthew Stafford is two tiers above those two guys. And you've got a top ten quarterback, top eight quarterback on your roster. And you're complaining about a two interception game against the Titans team who's been known who's to just show smacked up. every team in the league that's in the like the Titans might be the seeds. best team in the AFC right now. They are. They're they solid. just won five in a row against a teams that are all ranked top three in each conference almost, dude. They just ran the gauntlet. They, they smoked mm-hmm. every. They beat everyone that's good. So them beating us is not a surprise. Not. And it's not. And it's okay to have a loss like that. Like every every good team has a dumb loss. Like I mean, let's go back to 2019 against the Niners or with the Niners. They lost to the Falcons. Like you shouldn't lose to the Falcons. We lost to the Ravens by three. We lost to we lost to the Jets by. last year, dude. Like, yeah, like, like shit happens. Well, the easy thing for us too is is the same year the Rams won the Super Bowl. You know, twenty years ago they, they lost to Tennessee during the season. You lo- yeah, you lose stupid games. It happens. Yeah. And this wasn't even a stupid game. That's a respectable opponent. And we're on pace to only lose four or five games. How's that a problem? I <laughs> come on, man, bro. Golf is go- go- I'm not golf. Stafford's going to throw forty touchdowns. Yeah, more. Yeah, more. So uh, you've been here for a while. Thank you so much for taking the time to to come in here and give us your thoughts. Can you give a shout out to where you are? If worth worth go, let people know where you what, what you do and how people can find you. Yeah, so uh, I run the Fourth and Gold podcast. Um, so you can check us out on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. And then I'm with SB Nation for Niners Nation. We do a uh, pod every Tuesday with my guy Leo Luna called the it's called the Oh hey there. Oh, hey there, podcast is based on the Niners. I have been a very upset 49er fan basically since uh, since the draft, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, especially with John Lynch's comments today. So we'll, I'm going to – there's a podcast dropping tonight as well after I get done with y'all. So, yeah, we're going right. to well, have we'll a be, nice little kumbaya session, I hope. <laughs> we'll be catching up with you also for the for game two later on this yeah, year, hopefully. And – you know, um, I mean, no offense intended, but I continue to hope that the four hours was everything. You know, it's, it's just fine. it's rivalry. Okay. Hey, but, Javier, are you up north? Or are you down south? Where are you located at? I'm in Austin, actually. I'm, uh, Austin, I'm like 20 minutes Austin, from. Texas? Yeah, I'm like 20 okay. minutes from UT. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, whenever you. Uh, I'm in the military. I travel a lot. So yeah, that's, that's me, man. That was to me. The Rams game. You come hang out with us, buddy. I've always yeah, liked you. I man. am a dude. I'm trying to get out there for that uh, week 18 game. So we'll see. I'll hit you up for sure. All right, man. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. That's Javier Vega from Fourth and Goal Podcast. The, what was it? Oh, there? The, oh, they? Oh, hey there. Oh, hey there podcast as well. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you again come week 18. Thanks so much, man. No problem. All right. So, Tommy, you said the main thing here. You you actually got into with with Javier before we even uh, – Got to, you were ready to go, OBJ. So much to talk about. Yes, OBJ, and with OBJ, when I saw you this weekend, I was like, "Man, I don't know about this. I don't know about this." And then you calmly, you calmly kind of laid it out, and you're like, "Listen, if you were unhappy with the workplace and you couldn't quit your job." Wouldn't you try and get out? That's I mean, I'm 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 totally paraphrasing what you said. Cause you explained earlier in the show. And yeah, I was like, I you mean, know, uh, you know, you know, you're right. And all I could kept but all I kept thinking about was how things fell apart for him in New York. But then again, if you think back to it, 
just like two weeks before things fell apart for him in New York, he filmed the freaking NFL commercial with Eli Manning. And, and that was a hilarious commercial, by the way. Eli Manning's throwing touchdown passes. So it makes me really think, you know, what really was going on? And I, I, there's got to be more of the story. But there's also one question that pops in my mind is, you know, as a guy who came off AL, ACL surgery himself, what is the status of, of his recovered ACL? I remember he tore it last year. Where's he at with that now? I'm curious. Who, who knows? I try not to read into that stuff too much, you know, um, because a lot of times people will correlate that with playing time, production, blah, blah, blah. I try not to look at any of that. I just try to remember what it was like to be out there in the human emotion, um, dealing with your teammates, your coaches, everything that goes along with it. I know what that feels like no matter what level you played at. And there's always, you know, personalities that clash, this or that. Well, while Baker Mayfield is smug as they get, we all know that. Oh, Odell is an alpha. That was a recipe for disaster from day one because baker's not even that good anyway he's just on a team that is playing good defense and is the best running game and best offensive line in the nfl so it's masking his deficiency right um but when odell's running wide open and and that guy don't see him it's either because he can't see him or Mm -hmm. he's just not interested in seeing him because he don't like him so you got to understand all that there's even i played quarterback before i played safety and i would have wide receivers are all divas they all want the ball every single down they always used to tell me that, blah, 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 whatever. And you can't, you can't get them the ball every down. Um, but guys would, you know, depending on how they would talk to me, I would throw them the ball or not throw them the ball. And I would smirk at them and laugh. I would be a prick. So I know what that's like, that human element that fans seem to forget about because maybe they never played or they just forgot, right? But I try to remember that stuff so I could analyze how things are going for people to understand them and empathize with them a little bit better instead of just being hard-headed and, and saying things on social media like, oh, he's a toxic teammate. How do you know? You don't even know the guy. Like, who are you to judge, right? You don't know what's going on back there. There's a, Go on social media and see what his teammates, for the most part, think of him. They love him. So I want to be careful with that stuff, guys. You know, you're reaching a little bit. You're just or you're just being lazy and you're listening to the media and you were brainwashed by the media your whole life in sports and just regurgitate whatever garbage that comes out of their mouths. Because we all know that's what half of that stuff is. It just clickbait and, you know, they just they are who they are because how they operate in the media. We all know that. But you look at guys like Aaron Donald, right? Aaron Donald in 2016, his first game as a Los Angeles Ram. Mm-hmm. In San Francisco, losing 28-0, to zero, loses his mind, gets ejected, and slams his helmet on the ground. Is he a malcontent, too? Really? No. You know, I didn't hear nobody say that. But they could have lazily said that. But, or is it just a guy who's passionate and wants to, wants to be around people that want to win? All right? Jalen Ramsey, Jacksonville, toxic, you know, organization. Doesn't want to work there. He didn't get to choose. When you get drafted as a player, you don't get to choose which company you work for. They pick you out of a pool like your property. It's called the NFL draft. You're my property. I own you for four years. And if you're a first-round pick, I could own you for five or up to seven with two franchise tags. I own you. And you get to go nowhere. In my industry, I work in telecom. I'm a program manager now. I didn't sign a contract, so I can quit whenever I want. But if I signed a five-year deal... With my new company, they own me for five years. 
And if I want out of there, I got to get fired. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question on this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you got, in the, in the last couple weeks, the Rams have added Von Miller, which we haven't even talked to you about Von Miller yet. And now they've added OBJ. What does this do for the franchise? Like, what, you know, they're probably both short-term signings. Um, Von Miller, well, I think they'll probably, you know, given the fact they traded two picks away, they'll probably try and keep him longer. Um, but what's this do right now? If you're in that locker room and you went and got OBJ and Von Miller and you're already 7-2 and and a game back in first, you know, from first place in division, what's this do for your morale? What's this do for you as a team? Um, what it tells me is what Sean McVay said in the offseason. If I don't get Aaron Donald a ring before he retires, I failed. That's mm. exactly what he's trying to do. Okay? He's trying to make sure the greatest of all time, in my opinion, gets a ring. At least one. Right? So going in, chips all in, and getting guys like Vaughn and, and Odell, that's exactly, hey, actions are speaking, you know, just as loud as his words, in my opinion. And when we're talking about this team, and when we're looking at, you know, where the Rams are, he said something very key, uh, Javier did, talking about kind of what we talk about. What I mean by... When they talk about how, how the front office talks and how Shanahan talks, and like I mean, we, won't, we don't want to hear it anymore. How many times have you and I heard Sean McVay say, you know, after a game, this is my fault. I didn't put my team in position <laughs> to win. And you're sitting there going, geez. I, when he said that, that just kind of rang me. And I'm like, you know, man, we've heard that so many freaking times. Yet, but you know why we hear it so many times, right? Because it is his fault. When we lose, it's his fault. It literally is his fault. So him saying that over and over when we lose, he's just keeping it real. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to change the game within the game, and that's why we lost. If he would just say that, we would respect him more, but he's not going to throw himself under the bus on national TV, so he just keeps it PG. But the fact of the matter is, Sean McVay is a great coach. If he wants to be a you know, Bill Belichick level, he needs to learn to adjust the game plan to his opponents on a weekly basis in the film room Leading up to that game. Why do you think Bill Belichick always says, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Washington. We're on to Miami. Because that's exactly what he does. Okay? He game plans week in and week out for his opponent right in front of him. And he doesn't look down the road. He only worries about who's in front of him. Sean McVay needs to learn how to do that. And he has none of it. Well, I mean, I, I get it. We're one of the most winning franchises over the last five years. And I'm happier than a pig in you know what. But... <laughs> I would like to keep it that way. I'm tired of the Rams with their short stints of success and long droughts of garbage. If Sean McVay doesn't get his ego out of the way, he's going to end up being like Mike Martz and get run out of the league. Okay, because Mike Martz smashed everybody in the mouth for a handful of years, and everyone figured him out, and he didn't adjust. So he's no longer employed in the NFL. I don't want that to happen. Well, that and and the fact that he wasn't always likable. Huh? I mean, that and the fact he wasn't always likable. I mean, that's all. It doesn't help either. But yeah, I mean, my point, my point is, is he was just. I don't care about his personality. I'm just talking about the way he behaved as a coach, and thinking that his crap didn't stink, right? Well, <laughs> all of ours does. Last time I checked. So you need to learn to adjust the game plan. And if the game plan is to run the ball to get the defensive lineman off your QB and offensive lineman's back and start physically imposing your will, because that's what they're doing to you. Oh. You wanna you wanna impose your will on us? Okay, okay. Because I know Whitworth and all those guys in their heads were like, man, I wish he would 
stop throwing the ball every down because these guys are beating us up and I'd like to give it right back to them. I'm kind of pissed off. I want to fight and I can't fight when I'm on my heels. I want to go forward. Well, then the well, not how do you explain one key thing here? And, and because the Rams have been one of the better second half teams in the league throughout the year this year. I mean, for the most part, they do, they do make adjustments. So is it just that in certain situations, he's, he's, yeah, then, I mean, come on, it's on film. Um, what I'm saying is, is it certain situations he just is too, too set in his ways? Like, you know, in, in the case of the, of the Tennessee game, like the moment they went five wide, I'm like, why? That was in the first quarter. They're, they're driving the football down the field. I'm sitting next to you in the stadium, yeah. rolling my eyes, dude, right? When yeah. I break the huddle, I'm like, yeah, break, dude. And yeah, yeah, that, by the way, that was again. quite an accomplishment <laughs> on your part, by the way, given how inebriated you were, that you were, like, rolling your eyes on that thing, okay? Uh, I was trash drunk <laughs> in the stands and knew that they were doing dumb stuff, okay? Come on, man. But, like, but, it's but ridiculous. We knew it. And yet, they that drive, that drive slows down, falls apart. They come down the field again, get their field goal. And from that point forward, we see the same hot garbage and two interceptions later, we're, we're down 14-3. I'm just, I, is it situational with him? Because we've seen him make adjustments. We've seen him do certain things to get the Grams out of the gate in the second half. What was the re, what's the real issue with him coming down to adjusting certain situations? That's my real question. He only loses to good defensive coordinators, if you noticed. You noticed that, right? Yeah, I think that's so. it. He's not good enough to beat the good DCs yet. Just not. He ain't there. He'll get there, hopefully, but he ain't there. He can't beat Brian Flores. Can't beat beat Mike Vrabel. Barely beat Matt Patricia, right? And that's when Matt, who's exposed him first, which I'm sure that week Bill was on the phone. Mm-hmm. Because Bill's so smart. He'll, he's such a forward thinker when it comes to like Super Bowl possible opponents, right? He may look in his his season and say we're on to Cincinnati, but make no mistake, he's looking at teams in 2018 like the Rams, going, "This team can absolutely play in the Super Bowl against us, and we and we also have the opportunity to make it there because we always do, right?" So with him and Tommy, right? So. He's looking at that. He calls Matt Patricia. By the way, I used to work at at a major telecom carrier with Matt Patricia's cousin, Tim Patricia. So I used to talk to him all the time, go over to his desk, talk to him. And I remember being there and talking to him about when Matt was hired and this and that and talked to him. And I said, when they were going to go up against the Rams, Detroit, I said, Hey man, do you think Bill's calling your cousin and, and talking to him about what's going on? He's like, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Okay. I'm like, this is wild, man. So he's calling him. He's telling him, hey, man, I'm seeing this, 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 and this, and this. Do it. And what Bill did is he got Matt Patricia to do his dirty work for him and say, hey, I think that if you run the defense like this, you'll that you'll you'll be able to slow that offense down. And that's what he did, right? Um, and then Vic Fangio goes and watches the tape, and sm- then he gets the W against us in Chicago. And that's where all the wheels starting to fall off as far as going up against good DCs. Now we were able to squeak our way into the Super Bowl, right? And then we have to go against the genius, right? And what does he do? Gives up zero touchdowns against us because he ain't afraid of Sean McVay or Jared Goff. All right. 
Sean McVay, it's his time to evolve and take the next step as a coach and outsmart the smart DCs in this league. It's and time, he can my do man. it, too. He's, he's shown enough that he can do it. He can. He just needs to prove it by winning the game. Go win the game. Let's see what you got. I'm going to look at the rest of the schedule and look at the DCs, and I can tell you who's going to give us fits and who's not, you know? Curious to see it. All right, folks, it's time for us to go get a long episode. Good guest with Javier Faker. Go check him out. And don't follow Tommy. Tommy, I see your, your name changing all the time on Twitter. Where are you at right now? I won't know. My handle's ne- my handle never Graham changes. Tommy in LA. Yes, that never changes. The name changes. It's only changed once. But yeah. Follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. Follow us on Twitter at Talk Graham. Don't forget us on Facebook as well. In the meantime, we're out of here. Monday Night Football heading your way. Rivalry weekend. Rams 49ers. We'll see you soon. Take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com